Welcome to the Scottish Rugby Podcast. It is myself, John Anderson, here. Well, I was going to make a joke about what number of my favourite guests you are, but uh, I'm here with, at the moment, my favourite guest who's with me at this point in time, Craig Manson. Craig, good evening. How are you, sir? I'm doing fine. I'm doing fine. Your favourite guest, I tell you. Of, of the guests that are here, Craig. Oh, okay. I'm with you. Yeah, I'm with you. I'm with you. The minute Lisa arrives, it's going to be, I'm just going to be just. Uh... Oh, Cut dead. Yeah, yeah abs- absolutely. We're hoping Lisa Martin will join us in due course. Uh, we are going to look at the, the TikTok Six Nations, Scotland, a win. Yes. Um, looking forward to that one. Uh, in the meantime, me and Craig will probably have a wee chat about some of the, the news, uh, some, some pretty seismic stuff in Scottish rugby, actually. Um, but if you are stumbling upon us, 
and you found us via a search engine or however you've come across us. Maybe your granny has recommended us. Maybe Cammy's mum has recommended the podcast to you and you're stumbled upon us for the first time. And you think, do you know what? I want to support those boys a bit more. You can head over to Patreon. I'm going to get the, for, this is no use for the uh, people listening back, but we're going to get the thing up here. Uh, you can head over to patreon.com slash Scottish Rugby Podcast, where you can support us a bit more. £3 a month gets you exclusive content, including our famous Hands in the Ruck section, which uh, I'm looking forward to tonight. It should be an absolute belter. Um, you can also head over to the the, the, the blog itself, Scottish Rugby Blog. You'll get lots of cool articles, um, lots of news and reviews on there, which is great as well. So head over and, uh, yeah, see, see if anything takes your fancy. Craig, where do you want to start in the news? Cami Hutchinson. That's that's the big news, right? Yeah, it's, uh, uh, you know, along with, um, well, everyone knew Murray McCallum was going down to uh, down to Newcastle. But, um, I knew that Cam, obviously, but it had been announced that Cami Hutchinson wasn't... Um, wasn't renewing his contract or wasn't staying on at Edinburgh. Um, and it's uh, turned out that he's going off down to uh, Newcastle. So uh, um, half and half, uh, sad to see him go because I actually, I actually rate him quite highly. Um, uh, I, you know, if you've ever, if you, he is the the definition of a crash ball 12 um, or 13, you know, he really is. Um, but he's, uh, he's off to, um, He's off to Newcastle, and I think on the other side of me says, well, well done you, go for it and go and uh, broaden your horizons and hopefully you get more game time, you know? The the only concern, Craig, being that Newcastle are one of those teams that are, in, in, in the current Premiership situation, they're one of those teams who are rumoured to not necessarily be as financially stable as they could be. So, Murray McCallum, Cammy Hutchinson, you know, guys going down there, it's a risk. It's always a risk. But uh, I, I was surprised Edinburgh let him go, to be honest. Um, I, I, th- I thought he was a, a real prospect for you. So, um, yeah, sorry to yeah. let him go. But as you say, you know, if he gets a good stab at it in the Premiership, could be a, could be a great move for him. As if by magic, we are joined by Lisa Martin. Lisa, good evening. How are you? I'm good, thank you very much. How are you all doing? We are, we are we are splendid. Craig's now relegated to my second favourite guest, who is here tonight. So, as promised. Listen, just just because just because I've not been on the telly and all that, you know, it's just like. You know. Stop! Stop! <laughs> Great to have you along, Lisa. You've you've missed. You managed to miss the uh, the the selling bit, so that was good. You timed that really well. We're, we're now just on some news, so. We're just talking about Cammy Hutchinson there. Um, obviously, I was I was being flippant. The big news coming out, we will cover it um, in a Patreon special. I think next week we're planning to. Mr. Greg himself, Greg Laidlaw, has announced his retirement. Um, th- th- yes, he's he's hanging up those boots finally. Very telling. Obviously, an amazing career, Lisa. And we'll come to that in a second. But very telling the statement that he was very clear he's moving into coaching. Yeah, I think it's great for him. Like he said himself, he's got so much experience in terms of leadership and under pressure and stuff. To be able to go and have the first foray in coaching in Japan as well, where it's such an emerging game and it's such a fast-paced game, which is probably more suited to him as a player, is brilliant. And I think he's got so much 
to give as well. He might have been, he wasn't exactly the flashiest of players or whatever, but he's always like Mr. Consistent. He always like so reliable. And you just knew, you knew what to expect from him. So I think, I think he could be really quite good as a coach. I mean, you look at the amount of nines at the minute who are nines and tens who are coaching at the minute on a, at a high level. I think, you know, he's, he's got some serious potential, but I'm, yeah, great player. And I'm sure he's going to probably be an even better coach to be completely honest. Well, that that's the thing, Craig, isn't it? A lot of people have like the, the 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 kind of praise that you usually get around these these players when they retire. Um, a lot of people have been very quick to pick up on that. Wants to go into coaching, is going to go into coaching. A lot of people saying he's got the right mentality, he's got the right the right fit for it. Let, let's talk a wee bit about his time with you know his time with Edinburgh, his time with Scotland primarily. It wasn't always the like. He seems to be a person who's almost got more popular when he's been away from the Scotland team, certainly in those last few years, than he maybe was at the time because there was a lot of critics. Yeah, but I think I think there was a lot of critics for for, for the Scotland team as a whole in that era, um, and I think because he was captain and he was the one that was. Um, I guess more visible. He was taking a few more, you know. He he was a lot. He was a little bit slower than than the newer, faster players at nine. Um, but you know what we what we we lost in in ruck speed. We probably won in game control and 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 the ability to um, uh, you know. For me, he was. He, if you if you're looking at a captain, he's a proper captain. You know, everyone liked him. He 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 worked incredibly hard for Scotland and for Edinburgh. I, I, you know, and and I was one of these critics of being slow. You know, I used to shout at the telly when he when when the ball was sitting at the back of the rock. But what what you also have to look at is the fact that um, he's probably one of the people that we have to say. Well, there's a lot of wins out there that Scotland got in that era that. Probably came because of him um, and his kicking prowess, etc. Compared, you know, and so he was kind of keeping the team afloat. If I, if I can maybe put put you know put it that way. So um, yeah, I, I'm really I'm really pleased for him. He seems to have found a real um, like he seems to be really settled in Japan, and his family are settled in Japan, and they really seem to enjoy it. So, and I think that's one of the reasons he's staying to coach is to, to, to coach it in Japan. And he's obviously said in his, in his, in his interviews that he's, that they're, they're going to settle in Japan for a little bit longer because they're enjoying it and their kids are in school and everything, you know, so no, good on him. Yeah, it seems to be a lot in the life out there, right? Lisa, <coughs> Lisa how many pints does Finn Russell owe, uh, Greg Laidlaw then, uh, in terms of Finn Russell's development? How many pints is he allowed to give him, first of all? <laughs> It depends who you ask. Apparently, it's only two, but um, <laughs> uh, definitely, definitely a fair few. I think having someone like Greg there as you know Finn's career in international jersey was starting was probably huge because it took a lot of pressure off of him. I mean, like Greg's got such a good game management tactical brain that he could take a lot of that sort of pressure off him, but then also give him that freedom to express himself as well. I think. It was the right mixture at the time for him to break onto the scene. Um, I mean, I'm sure they're not exactly been to why not anytime recently together. Um, they've probably been banned. Um, but um, no, I think I think Greg probably did have quite a lot to do with like his his initial development in a Scotland jersey and kind of like what 
how to manage the pressures and stuff on the pitch. Um, but yeah, I think I think they were a good match to start with. Um, but then I think you know having someone like Ali Price or you know a more fast paced nine plays more into Finn's hands now that he's kind of developed more and found it like found his maverick ways. Um, but no, I think yeah, as a starting like initial person to have there, I think Greg was ideal. It would have been quite terrifying, Craig, to think of uh, a Finn Russell wet behind the ears. Finn Russell coming straight into the, the Scotland ten shirt with a similarly inexperienced nine um, do, doing the same. It would have been, I mean, it would have been cats in the rave, cats at the rave, but you know, four or five years early, it would have been. Okay, I think, I think, I think he kind of went through that period, didn't he? Really, he, he did go through that period of people. You know, he would give us a phenomenal performance one week, oh, and a, a really, a really kind of wide, wide-eyed, wild-eyed um, performance the next week. So, um, you know, I think I think we all we all talked about it having um, George Horn, well, Ali Price at the time, who was who was originally more like George Horn than than he is now, um, and Finn Russell outside him. You know, it was a bit crazy, but uh, you know, there was always Pete Horn outside there, just at twelve, just well, to calm everything down. You know, this is it. Yes, <laughs> maybe, yeah, maybe there's a Patreon episode in the summer looking at that era, uh, and we'll maybe just look at who who was the calmest of the heads amongst them all. But yeah, we'll we'll we'll, we'll speak more about. We can't. We obviously can't summarize. Big Red Law's career just in a couple of minutes' time, so we'll we'll cover it properly next week in a Patreon special. Um, let's talk about the main thing, really, that we we're here to talk about. We got a win, yes. Um, we've got we've got. <laughs> oh, I've actually got the wrong tab here. <laughs> yeah, we 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 got a win. We've um, we beat Netley. Um, talk talk. Oh, oh, sorry, I'm clicking the wrong button here. There we are. Right, we're back at that total, like, total panic because we've got to win. I'm like flapping here. No, Lisa, talk to me about the weekend. Um, phenomenal performance. Yeah, I think it was. Like, it was definitely uh, in the coming. It was like we knew over the past few games, like they've had little snippets of, you know, showing what they can do. It was just never a joined up performance. But I think we really showed that against Italy. I think our forwards really stepped up. I mean, we've been talking over the past few weeks about how maybe fragile we saw our set piece being especially like line out time I think going into the Italy game we were joint fifth with England in terms of line out success so that was a mild panic um but yeah I think the forwards really really stepped up and took it to the Italians we know that notoriously they can be really difficult to play against in terms of they like um enjoy having a free flow and offload game but we really kind of stopped them at source there and really pressurized their pressurized an experienced back three um, and I think our kicking game was better. It's still little bits that could get improved on. I mean, I think that's the most pleasing thing is, yeah, we did get a win, but there's so many little things that actually will continue to, we can improve on and get better on and get better, bigger wins. But as a first win and cracking the top 10 in the world, I think, yeah, it's a definite statement going into Ireland this week. So finish 29, uh, 21, Craig. Um Scotland were in control of that game for large periods of time and let Italy in at points. Now, Italy are a quality side, and as Lisa's rightly said, if you give them give them any opportunity, they're likely to take it. What what? How much of a turning point is this for this team? Because that wasn't an easy win. It wasn't, and and you know we've been on the end of uh, of 
you know, Italy turning up quite regularly, um, and so uh, you know, it, it, I think I think there was a few things kind of aligned um, as we've been talking about. They've been slowly but surely um, their skills are building, their movement of the balls building. What I found, uh, we, you know, there were two things I found on the weekend that I was very impressed with. First of all, we've been, we said last week, we were looking for a little bit more um, uh, hardness out of the, hardness is the wrong word, but uh, a little bit more streetwise uh, performance out the forwards. Um, we were looking for a little bit more niggle out of the forwards. And, and I, you, you, you know, obviously Jade Conkle coming into the, um, uh, into the second row, um, freeing up Evie Gallagher to to come in at eight, I think that that gave you know a mixture of mobile back row plus a front row that just a front row and second row that just all they wanted to do was take you know to move the ball you know to move forward to take contact, and it looked really really they were turning you know the, the, there was from for me it looked like they were never going to turn that ball over. Um, the ball was always coming back and they were always protecting the ball and, and providing good ball. And the second thing is, and you just mentioned, Lisa just mentioned it, um, the kicking game. I've not noticed the kicking game before because I've never really, in my in my time of watching, I've never really seen as, as, as good a, um, you know, as a, the, the kicking game. They were putting pressure, just as Lisa said, on the back three. Um, and so it was, it was really tactically well thought of and also um the skills are starting to come through now and it, it was really really encouraging i'm i'm really encouraged you know obviously by the we switch off at the about three quarters of the way through and that's how it kind of got back into the game but um you know i think there's many of us know a team that uh that does that so i'm not blaming them for anything you know <laughs> might play in a similarly colored shirt at some points <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's interesting, obviously, Lisa, talking about uh, Jay Conker Roberts, um, a massive, massive performance at the weekend, has, has actually been voted player of the round for, for, for this round as well, which is great to see. For me, um, Lisa, Lisa Thompson coming back in, in, the, in the, the backs was huge as well. And for me, I, I, I was just, every time I saw her getting involved, I was excited by that. You've talked about, obviously, you know, the, Players coming back into this team, you know, how how important is it to keep keep these guys engaged and get them available as much as possible? I think it is pretty key, obviously, like having someone like Lisa Thompson come in with the experience that she's got at high level is huge, especially when, you know, you look at the average age and average cap of the back line. It's, you know, outside 10 it's, <laughs> and 15, it's pretty limited. Um, so having someone that you know you can rely on that if, you know, if, things aren't going to plan you can just send her up and she'll probably make five ten meters is great um i know she's not going to be involved this weekend because i think the the simmons guy is going to camp tomorrow so it'll be interesting to see with emma or coming back how things might kind of change obviously tomo is a very direct runner like she very much is a north south i'm gonna batter my way through this <laughs> whereas <laughs> emma or has maybe got us minute little bit more finesse about her in terms of footwork that she'll find a space um but I think we've had a very consistent backline for such a long time now that it's we need to get more depth and more experience in these other players so that we have more competition. Um, and, you know, hopefully 
we'll use a bench, it'd be quite nice. Um, but we just these guys need game experience and need experience in tight games so that when their time comes around, which will come sooner rather than later, they you know they've had that in the background already, they're not gonna get thrown straight in the deep end because you know there's no one else to play. Yeah, that's absolutely fair. Craig, um, front row union must have been, you must have been cheering away. Um, Four tries from the front row? Yeah, yeah, just, uh, you know, and and that's that's kind of what we were talking about, you know, when we we talked about Jade um, Conquer Roberts coming into the second row, that, I felt that you know that Brian was looking for yeah we were looking for a little bit more mobility out the back but also we're looking for a little bit more strength and go forward and gain yardage from the forwards and and I think that uh, I don't I, I, Lisa can only tell me this because I'm not in camp but I'm I think um, Jade is a sort of a um, a talisman player that, that 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 brings everyone along with her along with obviously. Rachel Malcolm as well, but um, I think I think Lana Lana Skeldon just you know I could you see little things that you think oh Lana you could have done a little bit better than that and then you think to yourself what am I talking about she's performing incredibly well um, you know around the park being able to do well what did you play eighty minutes on the weekend yeah, I, yeah everyone played everyone played eighty minutes apart from they swapped the nines that yeah, was it and it's like and and I think I. I and we can maybe drill into that a little bit and start talking about, you know, why we're not using the bench as much as we really should. But, um, you know, for, for in this day and age of forwards that are, you know, especially front row forwards that are supposedly only about to use, well, we're only supposed to be using them for 55, 60 minutes. Um, it, it just shows, A, the performance. And, and, and she was performing... Uh, all for all three front row were, were were performing just as well um, at seventy nine minutes compared to one minute in the game, you know. So it was really a phenomenal front row uh, job, a, a phenomenal forward job. And watching the scrummage, and if you, you know, that the scrummage of some there's obviously be on on social media there's some scrummage um, uh, uh, scrummage porn on there for us forwards, um, and it was just <laughs> fabulous. It was absolutely fabulous to watch. It just technically. Very, very good, um, and a joy to watch. Oh, you know, I love a good scrum like the best of us, Craig, as well. So, you moan like you moan like anything about scrums. I'm saying nothing, I, I do not, I do not. I call it wholeheartedly how much I love watching Jack Dempsey at the back of a scrum. <laughs> well, you know, at least we don't have an aging, an aging Australian in the women's game, I guess. I suppose, I don't know. yet. I'm going to wear my cap backwards and eat it when that happens, Greg. <laughs> so, another another key component of the game at the weekend, Lisa, we, we talked about it when we previewed the match, discipline. Scotland's discipline throughout the tournament has been really, really good. Um, that continued at the weekend. Italy, less so, let themselves down, a yellow card and a red card. Yellow, talk to us about both the incidents. Yellow, yellow seemed pretty stick on, to be fair. Yeah, to be fair, I'd say both were pretty stuck on once you kind of looked back at, at angles and stuff like that. Um, record, obviously it's horrible coming on as a sub. You want to try and make a big impact and try and take a claim for the next week. But I think she was a little bit... 
it's one of those things that like you say it's player safety 100 percent, and there's no dip there's nothing like there's no mitigation like it, it was a red card all day long um but the thing is in a way that actually kind of slightly galvanized them a little bit because again they kicked on and having someone with the experience of Sarah Baratine coming in with about 100 and what fifth 104 or five caps whatever 115 actually I think um is ridiculous and she again steadied the ship and knew okay we're playing with 14 we're just gonna have to play this sort of style but yeah I think it's it's the borderline between you try to be excitable and you're trying to make an impact and then just being reckless and it, it's a line that they often tow and I think unfortunately they kind of got on the wrong side of it um at the weekend I think she's got what a three-week ban potentially down to two if she does her tackle course for dummies or whatever it is um so yeah thankfully we didn't get any cards so long may that continue (laughs) discipline was good um and the yellow card craig cost cost early points you know the the, you, you get done for them all you you get a yellow card for that and then scotland score from the next you know the next couple of malls it's just I, I like when that happens because it is actually penalising teams for the amount of times you get away with a pull down at the mall and then they kick, you know, you, they end up flicking a penalty or whatever. Um, what what are the work on, Craig? What 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 are Scotland? What do we need to do better to beat Ireland? Um, I think if we play as we play, I think we'll beat Ireland. Um, I think our forwards will, will you know, will work. Um, uh, very very well again together. Um, I'd like to see a little bit more development. I'd like to see um, the the bench being used, especially as I say, we I've I've talked about um, Beth Blacklock before, um, and I think that she um, fits really really well into the, into the back line and gives quite a strong run. You know, gives another strong runner. Um, I'd like to see. Um, I think if we can develop, you know, kick on with. Sorry, there's a pun for you, but kick on with the kicking game as well. <laughs> um, uh, I think developing that's it's it's slowly developing, and it and I think if if we can just see a little bit again and increase again this week, um, I know everyone will be tired after a long campaign, so the skills may drop and there might be some drop balls. But I think if we can continue with moving the ball quicker in the back line. Um, I think we'll. Um, I think this sh- it should be an interesting one. I think the only the only if I'm going to be really critical, I think Ma- uh, Matheson when she came on was a. Uh, she just didn't seem like she was firing on all cylinders. But I don't know whether she's a she's better as a starter um, rather than coming off the bench. Um, but I really I really enjoyed seeing a couple of new caps work. Well, I know that's about. They're not brand new caps, but um, uh, Francesca McGee and Corey uh, Grant, Grant they were they seemed to work in very incredibly well on the wings. Um, they were quick. They were they were up in defence. I mean, a couple of couple of wee mistakes when they, they rushed up in defence and missed the tackle. But I think um, I think they seem to have a little bit of pace about them, which I really like. And uh, um, so yeah, for me. Keep the forwards going, and let's see. Let's see more of the attack moves out the backs, and and let's see if we can cut cut Ireland up a little bit. And just to to, to come to you, Lisa, Ireland bottom of the table, four four losses from four, only scored fifteen points in their matches so far. What have Ireland got that can trouble Scotland? 
Um, I think their pack, they've got a lot in there. Um, you've got someone like Sam Monaghan, who I think is like one of their top carriers as well. Um, I think their pack are physical. They're very mobile, um, especially their their back three. Um, the back row is pretty, pretty good and do get around the park quite a lot. Um, and their kicking game as well from 10 is pretty good. Um, but I think there's definitely lots of little bits where I think Scotland can get into. Um, I hope we don't get into too much of an arm wrestle with them up front. Um, I think as long as we can pick our moments, we agree. I think when we saw Louise McMillan's try, I think that was probably the best little bit of interplay between the forwards. I think, like you said, we know that Jade Conker Roberts and Lana are, are going to be some of your main carriers. And I think everyone in the Six Nations knows when they have ball in hand, they're likely going to, you know, stick up the jumper and have a go. But we actually see there's gap, there's always gaps around those guys. So actually seeing Jade lift it on the outside for Rachel Lachlan going through to then lift it again to Louise McMillan, uh, that'll cause any team like real, real issues. So I think if we can do that against them, their their forward power will be like completely negated. But yeah, I think if we can get out of an arm wrestle, it would be lovely. Uh, and like Craig said, if we can use a bit more on the backs, like we've got threats, we've got threats from like nine to 15. I'd just like to see us like pack a punch a little bit and actually have a go and have a bit of, I don't know, just have no fear and actually have a shot and see what happens because we've got the ability, we've shown it off like first phase moves. I want to see it now in phase play as well. Yeah, actually, see, yeah, combine the the, the pair because we've got obviously that forward pack punching holes and that was a huge forwards performance, but we've seen in previous games those backs are incredibly dangerous. Um, just just to kind of, we'll, we'll talk about the England-France, the big decider and all that in just a second, but three and a half thousand at the Dam, uh, Dam Health at the weekend, half seven kickoff on a Saturday night um, this weekend. Craig, let's get, give, give me the pitch, get, get, get people to put their hands in their pockets and go, go along. Well, I think, I think, um, you know, the bottom line is that Scotland are, have, you know, now, and this is no disrespect to, to Lisa and, and her, and her teams that, that she's, she's played with in the, in the past, but now that professionalism has come in, we're seeing that slight lift. We've got the, you know, I remember being at a Scotsdown, um when we're playing Spain and, and the crowd were really, and there was a Canada game as well, the crowd were up on their feet and were really, really into it. And if you can get the crowd involved and, and enjoying the game at Scotsdown on a wet Scotsdown night, you can get them at the damn health enjoying themselves a little bit more. Um, so as as far as I'm concerned, the the the, the level of rugby the the actual um, gameplay that um, Scotland women and also the their, um, the teams that they're against the, the, the gameplay is fantastic. It it really involves you know the damn health because you're so close to the to the um, to the play you, you're almost on the pitch with them and I think it's it really is worthwhile being there to just say I've been there and I've experienced it because you know we we have hopefully. The opportunity to beat Ireland and 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 uh, and get two wins out of the Six Nations and and really see the the, the the women's team move that little bit further forward, you know. Yeah, Saturday night lights at the Dam Health sounds like it, it will be will be a good occasion. Um, so if you if you if you if you're able to, or you don't have tickets so far, get yourself over there and uh, 
go out and support the support the women and uh yeah we'll hope for a positive positive result with that it's, one it, it's also you know it's also a low cost night it's not an expensive night to take a family yeah. of four people so yeah you know, we take, should probably well. say that yeah that it's not we're not talking stupid six nations prices where you're you know hundreds of pounds yeah, yeah, yeah. Take, yeah. take a family of four, you're literally hundreds of pounds. Well, what, what else can you ask for? A, a fairly low cost night out. Take your take your daughter and your son to go and see a group of inspirational women doing a job in front of in front of you and, and showing showing you what are you know how what it's like to play for your play for your Scotland your your your, your um your country. Gotta do, gotta do it, gotta do it. And get and getting a win. That's what we'll see as well, because we're all. Well, I'm, I'm sure we're all confident that we're going to we're going to put on a performance and get a win. Um, oh, <laughs> in other news, uh, in a shocking turn of events, we are set up for England France the finale, the the, the Grand Slam decider. Um, yeah, no surprise to anyone anyone following this who's new to women's rugby will have kind of got got the themes of what we're talking about now that England and France are pretty dominant. You've I've asked you every week we sat and you've been steadfast in your predictions. You sticking with your guns, England to take the title once again? Yeah, I think England are going to take it again. They've got players coming back from injury at the right time. Um Helena Rowland starting at 13 is just ridiculous. Ellie Caldun's back at 15. And then we've got people like Poppy Cleal coming off the bench. It's kind of relentless. But um, yeah, I'd say England have got the firepower across 1 to 23 to to probably take it home with about, a, I want to say with 50,000 fans behind them, I'd say at 15 to 20 points. I think they could potentially take it by if they, you know, start pretty well. Yeah, they're looking at a 53,000 crowd uh, at the weekend, which is absolutely amazing to see. Uh, Simon Middleton's last game as well, so um, huge, huge, uh, huge occasion, and it'll be well worth a watch. Um, two great teams uh, put, putting uh, putting everything out there, which will be amazing. So another great weekend of rugby awaits, uh, and uh, yeah, we're just delighted to be probably going into the final week- weekend with that win, that monkey off the back, and now we can go and enjoy the game against Ireland. So um, looking forward to it. Um, Right, let's let's talk a wee bit. We've got probably 10, 15 minutes. Will we talk about the, the other guys? Will we do you want to do Edinburgh or Glasgow first, Craig? Um well you're you're the man, you tell me, because I know that you're <laughs> gonna probably considering the, the last the last chat we were on, I never got a word of edgeways with you and Ian Hay um bumped, you know. Bumping your gums about Glasgow and how how phenomenally fantastic they all are and everything like that. So, uh, if you want to carry that on, just crack on and then I'll, I, I'll have a five minute I, at the end of it, Edinburgh. I, I save the I, best I, till last. Absolutely, absolutely. <laughs> exactly. I, I, two v one. Two v one. <laughs> you know what? That's fine. That's because I'm neutral tonight, so it's absolutely fine. So, what's that mm. in the back of the screen? I can see there. It's, it's a Marvel thing. Isn't it? I was going to say John Anderson has never been neutral in his life. <laughs> no, uh, that's fair. Uh, let, let, let's talk about Glasgow then. Another, um, yeah, another just uh, turgid performance. A bit meh. I 
we squeaked through in the end. There was a, it was one of those ones. There was moments where you were like, "That's Glasgow. They're playing brilliant rugby. They're throwing the ball about." Then Connacht would just drag them back in, score tries of their own. A couple of worrying injuries. We ended up with Matt Fagerson in the centres at one point, and it was all just a bit mad. And it really felt like an end. Of, it felt like an end of season game where everything was settled, but both teams didn't really know what they were doing. It, it felt felt a bit. Ugh. Did did either of you just happen to put yourselves through it? No, no, that's, really. just, that's, just, <laughs> no, that, that's okay. That that's okay. But you'd you'd rather have a match like that now before you then go into playoffs. So you might as well just get that out of your system, basically, and then come playoffs, you're like, actually, we're fine. I think it's, it will sound strange, but in some ways, it's really good. Obviously, it's really good. We've got the European semi this weekend as well. But I think from a league perspective, that's good as well because it will, it just gives them a break of like they've had two pretty rubbish league performances, two wins, but rubbish league performances. So to have that kind of break there, it's going to be tough at the weekend going away to the Scarlets. Um, they've got quite the crowd turning up for that one. Lots, again, lots on the line uh, for them. A lot of big players are fi- fi- finishing their careers at the Scarlets. So a lot of emotion will be in that one, but I am, as always, I'm confident we'll go down and have a have a good game, and um, hopefully we'll not see some of the the, the more turgid stuff that's been happening recently. I, I'll finish up with Glasgow very soon, Craig. Just <laughs> wanted to, but I'm I'm going to give you got to give more them, than five give minutes. At the their, end. No, we've got to give them, we've got to give Glasgow their place. We but, do. You know, Rory Darge has hit. Unreal form since coming back from injury. He seems to have been man of the match every single game that he's played, which is outrageous. But Johnny Matthews, the Johnny Matthews, surely first choice hooker for Scotland now, surely. The guy is a machine. I I just yeah, I I, I am not denying. He has done a fantastic job, and he's doing a great job at this as we speak with 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 Glasgow, and their tactics seem to work very well when it comes to that they've got a great driving line out, um, and all they need is the, the 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 teams that are playing to give a couple of penalties away, and they're down in the corner, and they've got Johnny Matthews on the back of a line, back of a, a a line out drive. The issue I have is I'm just. Again, I'm just not convinced when he when we put him into an international situation and how he's gonna how he's gonna how he's gonna work out. Because and it's not anything to do with him, it's more the fact of, for example, Ewan Ashman. We we talk about how good Ewan Ashman is, but he's still not getting selected on a regular basis for Scotland. So either that's because Tooney wants to play safe and play who he knows, um, or the fact that He's not proving himself as a, a as an international test match animal, if you know what I mean. Animal. Yeah. Oh, so yeah. the question is, is, it's really interesting to see because you know, I, and, and I'm sure I, I would hope he, I hope Matthews gets his chance. I hope he gets called into the Scotland. I would expect him to get called, called into the Scotland squad uh, for the World Cup and, and the training squad and see how he goes because certainly 
Um, I'm not entirely sure Fraser Brown should be going to the World Cup. Um, you know, so um, so you got to make a decision that you know we're going to have Turner. Turner's definitely going, and it's probably very close to being being first choice. Um, uh, you've then got um, you, you've got Matthews, you've got Ewan Ashman as a possibility as well. You've got Dave Cherry there, um, and also I'll tell you there's a someone who is who is <laughs> who's retiring this season who who came out and, and put a very very good performance in for Edinburgh when he came on um, in Ulster. So uh, Stuart McAlley has an outside chance. I'm not saying he's definitely in there. But he's got an outside chance as well. So, yeah, there's there's a lot of competition at hooker. So we'll have to see how he goes. But I'd like to see him in the Scotland squad, the the, the wider squad, to see how he goes. I, I was obviously being slightly like devil's advocate with that. I think I think Matthews is a very very good club player. I don't necessarily see that his skill set translates onto the international stage as well as he's playing at club level. I think you rightly say the tactics suit him very well, but. You know, we've been wrong about players in the past, let's be honest. Uh, we've been wrong about many, many players in the past. So, um, and yeah, Shirt, Shirt McAnally, it's an interesting one. We said the statement after the game, you know, saying, I've got a contract till November. My, you know, I'm, I, I, I am aiming for a World Cup, not necessarily had the best experience with World Cups. Um, How do you rate his chances? My heart tells me it would be amazing if he did. It'd be like this great little fairy tale. Like you said, it's he's just coming at the right time. It would be amazing. But we do have quite a strong base of hookers at the minute. Um, so my heart, my head then tells me he's probably about fourth or fifth on the list. So it depends on how many does he want to take. I think he'll probably get a, a look in or a run out in one of the summer tests just just to see how he goes. Um. But I think he's he's potentially a bolter. I'd to be say to be honest with you. Um, in terms of that, I think he may. I feel he's kind of similar to him and Johnny Matthews are maybe a bit similar in terms of both their chances. I think they'll get a look in over summer, and it's probably going to be a case of one of them goes at the expense of the other. Yeah, or let, let's keep fingers and toes crossed. There's no. No, uh, none of the classic Scottish rugby visit from the knee fairy that often happens on the eve of World Cups. Um, oh no, let's not. Let's not. Let's not. <laughs> yeah, let's let's hope everyone gets a fair shot and uh, stays fit. So, um, but yeah, we'll, we'll we'll see how that. And I'm looking forward to the build up to that um, kicking off once the season kind of comes to a close. Let's let's talk about Edinburgh, uh, Craig. 28-14 loss against a very good Ulster side, to be fair. Um, a team who've kind of rebounded it, a, a, a very, very kind of bleh, middle section of the season, and then they've went in this massive run. Um, Dan McFarland is now the Messiah once again. Um, how, are, you, are, you, right, are you glad the season is over? Um, yes. Um, I think we're at the point where I think we're glad to see the back of it. Um, I think, you know, talking about Ulster and, and, and the Ulster game, I think Ulster were fairly poor on the weekend. Um, you know, especially in the first half, um, their ball retention was ridiculously bad. We, we, we took the ball off them regularly, uh, even just to the point where we walked up to them and just took the ball out of their hands at times. <laughs> um, so, you know, 
I also, um, and you know me, I've always said I play the whistle, play the whistle, play the ref, don't, don't, you know, the ref doesn't get blamed for many things by myself, but he was honking on the weekend. Um, and, you know, his break, I, I'm sure he just decided that whatever's happening on the uh, in the breakdown, just crack on. You know, there was a, there was a, there was a definite yellow card for a full-on trip on Duhan van der Merwe. Um, you know, um, in my opinion, yes, I've got my Edinburgh hat on here, but Jamie Ritchie had full control over that ball. And it wasn't a knock-on, um, so there's a there's there's potentially um, well, there's definitely one try, and then and then the Duhan. If it's a if it's a if it's a trip, it could have been a yellow card and a and a penalty try. So I can't you can't blame the ref. You know you can't turn and say it's the ref's fault. We didn't win, but yeah, I think he was honking on the weekend. So there was a there was some some pretty poor decisions made. Um, so, but yeah, we'll just have to see. Uh, you know, um, the big thing for me is that, that uh, Mac and Ali just about got a try doing his usual um, sprint from about 20, you know, <laughs> from about 50, 50, 60 metres away, you know. Yeah, yeah. Well, I, think, I think you're absolutely right. The referee will have better nights. There was periods in that game, Lisa, that for me, it looked like Edinburgh of old. There was there was a lot of attacking flair. There was you know particularly that back line. Obviously having Darcy Graham back is absolutely crucial to everything Edinburgh do. But it did just it it was it was almost that and it's inconsistency that really has just been the hallmark of Edinburgh's season. Where where do they go next year? What's the like you 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 you're in charge of Edinburgh next year? What do you do? I know, Jesus. no pressure. <laughs> so no one else, no one else available. I think it's just a case of like they're still attacking well, we're still scoring tries. Just defensively, we're just leaking them like a flood, to be honest. And you can see the work that that Mike Blair's been putting in off the back of like the Richard Cockrell days and whatever, and having that expansive play and you know letting centers be centers and not these like fourth and fifth back rows um like it's nice seeing that we've got a bit of an attacking flair but it's now it'll be interesting to see how like new signings fit into that is, is that a case of is that going to change how the way we play or is that actually going to solidify how we're going to play um but i just i think it's just getting a bit more attacking confidence in there especially like like you say with the with the people we have in the back three like we should be running riot and i'd say even like Having folks like Jamie, like Jamie Lang, Mark Bennett, all of that in there in the centres as well, you've got creative creativity coming out of everywhere, and you just want to see them express it and things just to stick. Like Craig said, I think that stuff just isn't sticking. Like everything's there. We've got everyone available to do a great job. We've got all, all these international caps. We just we just want to see them. We just want to see it stick. I think that's it. It's not massive wholesale changes. It's not massive, like completely throw out the playbook and let's start from scratch. It's just going back to those basics of right, let's defend well, attacking's there. Let's just make let's just make those little things stick and not force it. So it's just yeah, it's little confidency things more so than I feel complete wholesale like changes. Yeah, de- it definitely feels, Craig, at least it's absolutely spot on there, that Edinburgh are definitely in a better place, even with the season they've had. Like, let's compare Edinburgh at the end of this year 
who finished lower than what Glasgow finished last year. Glasgow. It was... Oh, you had to get that in, didn't you? Oh well, I'm, I'm just, I'm just saying that the reaction. And to... we even, ha- and we had Danny Wilson as well. I was and we still finished su- higher than you. Just going to suggest that um, the the reaction at Glasgow was to to go wholesale. Lots of change, new coach, new yeah. style, everything out. Edinburgh don't need to do that, and that's a real positive, despite where they finished this year. Yeah, I think I think yeah, I think you're both bang on. I think um, you know, as as with you know, if you look at the results we got in the first season of Mike Blair's reign, he had virtually the same players, and he was playing the similar style. Um, so, I think you know there was a couple of wins or, or losses that we lost by, you know, one to three points. Which, if the, if we'd managed to turn them around, we would have been in a far better situation. So, I think there's a little bit of luck in there. I think um, there's, for me, there's a lot. As we've talked about before, I think um, our second string set of players needs either more game time or need a little bit more. I, I don't know. Like you, you see, some players that they come on and and they're trying to make a mark, so they they then become penalty machines. Um, and uh, and so we need to try and move away from that, give them more game time. Um, because, you know, if you look at you know people like Conor Boyle, Ben Lancaster, um, the, the departing Cammy Hutchison, you know, these are players that look incredibly uh, talented um, and I would have, you know, I would have liked to have seen them play more this season. Um, and they didn't get a chance. Obviously, there was, there was injuries and bits and pieces, but you know, we, we just we just have to see how it goes. I think I think also I think Blair Kinghorn thought that John Cooney had joined Edinburgh before now. You know, cause he just, <laughs> like like how he, how because that pass all, almost went forward. He was passing it straight to Cooney. I just I don't know how he managed that, but uh, you know, um, oh, it's all in the heat of the game, is it? Yeah, it's fine. Could could he still seventh choice? Uh, no matter what he <laughs> I got. Still, uh, by the way, I got hammered on the red I hand bet last you night. <laughs> Just for, just for you saying that Cooney was seventh choice. So for, for context, anyone that's not not uh, heard this story, so Craig uh, went on the Red, the red, red Hand the podcast. The Red Hand, yeah, the Red yeah, Hand podcast. Like, for last, last night, I believe. Yes, um, yeah. To talk about the, the Edinburgh game. I, I have previously been on it uh, to talk about Glasgow, and it was just when John Cooney who was continuing his I'm Scottish Honest uh, campaign and they asked me where would would Cooney get into the squad? Where would he rank in the 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 pecking order? Uh, I said seventh in the international pecking order. I I was being I said fifth if I was being kind, seventh if I was uh, being honest. Um, so yeah, that went down real really well because. Well, see, I, 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 I agreed fans. with you when I when I listened. To it, I agreed with you, um, and uh, but then I think to myself actually, you might see him slip. In front of Dobie and in front of, uh, oh, in front of Charlie Shield. International so, uh, winger, Jamie Dobie. Do- International, do- yeah, well, you know. Nonsense, nonsense. <laughs> I, 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 will, I will give you Charlie Shield at a push um, and maybe Henry Pergos, but no, I will not, I will not have Dobie. Because, <laughs> <laughs> yes, I had Cooney behind Henry Pergos. <laughs> yeah, I know you did. I, know I you might did. have been on the wind-up. There's a shock, yeah. eh? <laughs> So... Yeah, I think I think for Edinburgh, you know, I, th- I think for both teams actually, next year is going to be really, it's going to be strange. Like obviously, 
got a bit, bit more of the season still to play over this side, but it's a World Cup year, and that always presents weird situations, weird opportunities. Um, so I think it's going to be really interesting to see who get, who gets that breakthrough next year. I think you're back row, Craig. You've got you've got so much talent there. Honestly, you should send a few this way. We tend to do okay with them, you know. Like you gave us Darji, and he's doing all right, isn't he? So we we'll look after them. Promise. And then you did uh, you did get Dunky Weir as well. So um, yeah, exactly. And, and we Dunky Weir was Dunky Weir was playing well for it. Well. Okay, he was kicking well He was for playing us. well for a contract. <coughs> and then he went off to Worcester and he was playing well. And then it turns out he shaved his head, hair off and then it turns out he couldn't play rugby ever again because um, he turned up at Ooh. Glasgow and was a bit honking. That's, that's... Even... Okay, that is unfair. Dun- Duncan Weir has been a great servant to Scottish rugby. However, this period at Glasgow, fundamental skills that Duncan Weir brings to a team, his kicking, particularly kicking for touch, have been completely missing. So I don't know why that's happened, but it has. Maybe he needs a new pair of boots. Who knows? You never um, know. But yeah, that's my take on Duncan. We will we'll, we'll <laughs> leave it at that. Um, but yeah, I'm expecting to see some breakouts, um, breakout names next year because of the World Cup. Kind of meaning players need to be managed as well. I had planned in 45 minutes for this, boys and girls, but you have been treated to an extra 10 because we just love you that much. That's enough for the free part of it, though. We're going to head off to our Patreon part. We're going to go and do a wee bit of hands up over there. Um, join us again next week for more reviews. Hopefully we'll be reviewing another Scotland win. Um, we'll be reviewing a Glasgow win. We'll be reviewing just Scottish rugby in absolute raptures. Who knows? Uh, maybe not. We'll see. Um, I'm more confident about the Ireland, Scotland-Ireland win than the, the Glasgow one. But let's see how we get on. But... For now, it is good night from me, good night from Craig and Lisa. Bye, all. Bye.